Blog Talk Radio. Oh, we've got to find a way 
you. <laughs> All right, we are back after a year long hiatus. We are back with the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. Um, I just wanted to apologize real quick. We're having technical difficulties t- tonight. Um, I had a little difficulty getting connected tonight, but I hope you guys are out there listening. Um, if you're listening, feel free to call in at 646-915-8200. Um, we have a lot to discuss tonight, but before we even get to that, we're going to go to the line. And I believe um, Michael Snyder, my um, co-host, is online. Are you there? Yes, I'm on board. Oh, my goodness. It's just been a long year, let alone a long weekend. But um, So, I mean, are you happy to be back? I mean, what's what's been going on with you? Uh, not much to write home about as far as, on my life, I'm pretty standard and same stuff different day, but anxious to get back and get into what's going on and get back to the show. All right. Well, we're just still getting started. I just want to uh, – we're going to have some more people come in um, as the night goes on, but I uh, just wanted to give you a little uh, run-through of what we're going to be discussing this evening. Um, we're going to be talking about um, a little bit entertainment. We're going to be talking about the Real Housewives of Atlanta that came back on last night on Bravo. Um, there was just so much going on with that um, particular episode. We're going to talk about that. Um, also, we're going to talk about um, The Walking Dead. And uh, what do you guys think about the storyline so far this season? And we're also going to talk about uh, or discuss um, a little politics as well. Um, as you guys know, last Tuesday uh, we had the midterm elections, and we're going to talk about um, the results of that election, you know, just in general. What, is, what does that mean to the pre- presidency of Barack Obama and just for the country in general? And why do people tend to stay at home and um, sit out on these elections when really those – to me, are the most important elections. We're going to talk about that. Um, Michael, you want to also be discussing with us about uh, gay marriage and where that stands um, in the country as well as um, possibly in the Supreme Court, how that's going to be um, affecting those who um, are same-sex couples. Also, we're going to um, have, I think, Jr. he's going to be coming on here for a little bit and a little later um, he's going to be talking about um, Veterans Day and just how we can kind of reach out to the veterans and how um, this day is very important and how we should should observe it. And also, uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of people in the religious community. We, you know, we always shine a light on things that's happening. So we're going to be talking about the, a preacher that affected um, several people in his congregation with AIDS. So we're going to be discussing that and just a whole lot more. Um, we're going to jump to a song or two because I'm still uh, we're still trying to get things set up. Uh, like I said once again, I apologize. But also before we jump to um, a couple a song or two, just wanted to let you guys know you can connect with us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group page. Feel free to add us 
for um, updates to our shows and videos that we, we that we're going to be releasing on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, we do have a YouTube channel um, at www.youtube.com/ucofw. Um, you can go there and get excerpts of the shows. Um, we do also video commentaries. Just don't tell me what you want to see on there. So um, join us on there. We're on Twitter. And um, pretty soon I'm hoping to get an um, app for the network. So you guys, can, it can be like once everything's one-stop shop. You can go there, get your ex, excerpts of the shows. Um, you can download previous show, shows, listen to us live, all that. So I just wanted to get all the preliminaries out the way because I know it's been a long time since we've done a show. But um, we're going to go to uh, a song or two, and we will be back in a few minutes. Uh, We're going to go to a little Beyonce, uh, Flawless, and then we're going to bump it up a notch, and we're going to do a little Jesse J. Uh, featuring um, Nicki Minaj and Ariana Grande. So we will be back in a few minutes.
looking Trinidadian, eh? Japanese and Indian, eh? got Malaysian, got that yaki, that wavy Brazilian. Eh? Damn bitch is thirsty, I'm Hungarian. Nikki BB eating diamond fangs, Marion. Yo, like MJ Doctor, they killing me. Propofol, I know they hope I fall. But telling winning is my motherfucking protocol Cause I score before I ever throw the ball These bitches washed up and ain't no fucking soap involved uh. It's every hood nigga dream Fantasizing about Nikki and B Curves delicious, pussy serves delicious Mayday, mayday, herbs the bitches Slap these hoes on their ass like we birthing bitches uh. The queen of rap, playing with Queen B you ain't on the team, you playing for Team D. Cause we A-listers, we pay sisters. This watch right here done say blizzard. I confess I woke up like this. All this dragging my cup like this. All this app on that flawless dick. Instagram, I'm not a flawless dick. Flawless city with these flawless titties. I got all these honey, you got all the fetches. I'm some flawless bitches cause they more than pretty. Cause niggas love bad bitches that be on they grizzly. Throw the ass back, I be on my frisbee. Princess cut diamonds on my Disney. He want monster, Nikki and Sri Lanka. I told him meet me at the Trump Ivanka. I said, come here, let me show you how the cookie tastes. This, that, yeah, nigga, eat the cookie face. Right, 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 right.
right. All right, we are back. Um, just wanted to get a couple things taken care of and um, just a, a few housekeeping uh, things. Uh, once again, if you guys are listening out there, feel free to uh, join our Facebook group page and you can drop comments on, on what's going on. Um, also, the number to call in, you can also call and just listen too. Um, but if you want to call and make a comment on any thing that we're discussing tonight, feel free to call us at area code um, 646-915-8200, 646-915-8200. Now, um, I guess the first thing I kind of wanted to start off with, and we can, we can kind of just play it by ear, um, still waiting for a couple of our guests to get in here. Um, I didn't know if you were ready to start off with the um, gay marriage um, discussion, or did, um, did you want to kind of wait on that, or did you want to uh, start on that, Michael? Sure. Okay. Um, well, what's been going on for those of, I would say at this point, you would have to have been living literally under a rock if you haven't heard of all the gay marriage uh, progress that has been made during the year of 2014. Um, basically what we've got is many states, and I'll kind of give a broad cap here, uh, several states have went through their federal process of appealing the right for gay marriage uh, under basic freedoms and the right to due process and equal protection under the laws. That have been the main premises that all these rulings have had. So the right to get married and the right to, if they were married in another state, have their marriage in the state that they currently live in recognized. So that's pretty much the crux of what's been going on. Uh, so far, all of the states and the regions have been falling as they progress through the courts, with the exception of one this past week. And I'll get into that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, or for now, more focused directly on Indiana, we are in the Seventh Circuit uh, Federal Court of Appeals in that section. And that section includes Wisconsin, Illinois, and Indiana. So that is what encompasses the Seventh Circuit Appellate Court. And as we go through this, it's got to work its way up from Indiana's and then on up to the Seventh Circuit, as they go through, so far the right to marry has been upheld. Uh, in On September 4th of this year, the Seventh Circuit had made its ruling after hearing arguments from the state of Indiana and all the plaintiffs, and there were several cases that they lumped all into one, and the court made its ruling that gay marriage would be allowed and same-sex marriages performed in other states would be allowed in Indiana, Well, which was also binding for the entire Seventh Circuit, which is Indiana, Wisconsin, Illinois. Now, it really doesn't so much pertain to Illinois because Illinois has gay marriage already on the books. So Wisconsin and Illinois forced it into legality. After that, the state of Indiana, of course, being the state that they are, God love them, appealed the ruling to the Supreme Court. 
the Supreme Court promptly shot back a no. Now, what that means is when the Supreme Court refuses to hear the case, that means whatever the Seventh Circuit said is now legal and binding, which means at that point Indiana had to allow it to go into effect, which for the biggest uh, the biggest part of Indiana, from what I'm hearing, is not particularly happy with that, especially the political front, given that it is mostly Republican, not happy at all, including the governor who point blank said, I don't like it, but we have to obey it. So that's kind of what's been going on here in Indiana. All since September 4th, it's been uh, finally a fairly settled matter. Now, the other thing that I had talked about was the Sixth Circuit. The Sixth Circuit includes the states of Michigan, Ohio, Tennessee, and Kentucky. And the Sixth Circuit, this past week, so far is the only one out of the United States that has stood up and said, no, same-sex marriage should not be legal. Only ones to do it. So, in a way, this is a bittersweet type of ruling. The bitter part is, once again, we've seen a negative thing come out of courts, like it has held up in years past. But the sweet Uh part of all this is that now the Supreme Court is going to have to make a decision. Because the Supreme Court basically one of their roles is to settle fights between the federal appellate courts or the federal circuit courts. So now I had a quick question, Michael, Yeah. like up to this point, have we seen the Supreme court try to um, have a hands off type of, uh, I guess, mentality when it comes to this particular issue and was, do you think that was intentional or do you think that, um, it was one of those things, it was just like a really sensitive issue Perfect that they wanted to. Because that's just kind of what I was working into. So you kind of read my mind there. Um, since all of these uh, circuits, which is the, I think, don't quote me on it, but the 10th, the 9th, the 7th, and I think the 4th, all of them have ruled to uphold gay marriage. Now, naturally, when the states have been defeated, they appeal to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court has been saying no. The reason being, getting back to your question, is that the Supreme Court doesn't like to change matters of social justice or social issues. They don't like to really get involved in that. They would much rather that it be handled by the democratic process or the individual states figure out how to get along with it. And they have really, really hard tried to avoid addressing the right to marry as a gay issue. They have went out of their way to not get involved. You know, with the Windsor case and with these other cases, they all spelled out uh, very specifically, hey, this is not to say we're ruling on gay marriage. We want that to really work out on its own if we can help it. However... So, And that's been reflected in their presence, because so far all of these different circuit courts, circuit appellate courts, have said, yes, it should be legal. As long as they're all in agreement, the Supreme Court can refuse to keep hearing them and say, we're not going to get involved with this. Sorry, we're not going to do it. 
And that's what they've been doing. They've taken the hands-off approach because it's like, hey, if everybody agrees, we don't have to do anything. Well, now, since the Sixth Circuit has ruled, no, we don't think it should be legal. We should be allowed to continue to discriminate against gay people and gay families. Well, now the Supreme Court's going to have to get involved. But, again, what's a little different in where that goes from here is, again, the Sixth Circuit has four states involved with it, Michigan, Ohio, Tennessee, and Kentucky. And they had lumped into it several cases. Now, each of those individual cases has a right to appeal. How they choose to appeal now is the different choice. Because they can all go together and appeal for what's called an en banc hearing or appeal directly to the Supreme Court. Or each case individually, each case individually, I'm sorry, can choose to which direction it wants to go, Supreme Court or en banc hearing. Now, for those of you that don't know what an en banc hearing, it is kind of a legal terminology here that maybe you don't hear a lot, the panel of judges from the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals was a three-person judging panel. So there were three judges up there. They all heard the case. Two out of three was a majority rule to make the decision. So all of them, well, two of the three said, no, this should not be legal, and one of them said, my other two colleagues are nuts. Hey, (laughs) they shouldn't have done that which I'm paraphrasing, that's not the exact quote. But in essence, that's what how it went down. So now an en banc hearing is when one of the people of the case, that one of those cases that they heard of the several or all of them together, can petition the Sixth Circuit back and say, we want you to rehear this case, but with all of the judges of the Sixth Circuit. Now, there could be, and forgive me, I don't have the exact number, but that could be anywhere from 9 to 12, maybe 15 judges that actually work for the Sixth Circuit. So I don't know what the exact number is. I know some of them have nine. uh, But they can petition to have the entire panel hear the case. Now, if they do that, one, the Sixth Circuit has to agree to it. If they do then whatever they decide completely trumps the previous ruling of the Sixth Circuit. So if they go for a hearing back in front of the entire Sixth Circuit judicial panel, then, and if they say, no, gay people should be allowed to get married, then the previous ruling from the Sixth Circuit is overruled. And then what you'll see is the states will appeal it to the Supreme Court, and just like always, the Supreme Court will say, nope, we're not going to get involved because, yeah, we don't want to. They all agree still. But that's only one option. So from here, the next question being from where do we go from here is that depends on each individual case that was involved in that ruling and the totality of all of those cases. So either one or all can go either direction, on bond hearing or Supreme Court appeal. Either way. It all depends. 
So, but right now, I think that what you're probably going to see is that I think some of the cases that were heard will opt for the en banc hearing. And I think that one or two of them are going to shoot straight for the Supreme Court. Now, if that happens, we are prime time for the Supreme Court is going to have to intervene if that's the case. So all it takes is someone now to appeal it to the Supreme Court, and by June of next year, we'll have the official word. That's kind of where we've been tracking through the gay marriage debate here in America. So let me, I had a, a couple questions for you. So um, depending on the outcome, like when the Supreme Court does actually hear this case, uh, that will also affect other uh, civil rights issues like uh, pertaining the LGBT community. Um, do you think do you think that this is the gateway to um for other um issues within the LGBT community to be addressed or I mean do, do you think that gay marriage should be one of those things that we should be focused on um uh, as much as like just basic rights for gay gays in America like like for example you know protection against discrimination in the workplace I mean how do you how do you feel about that? I know that's a loaded question, but what do you think about those um, points that I, that I just brought up? Well, addressing your one there at the end, uh, I think that it's the best. I really think it's the best place to start. And I think that if you follow the quote-unquote natural evolution of the dynamic of the situation, if that makes sense, what I just threw together, I think that's where we are at now. And the reason I say that is because, you know, being gay in America has changed drastically in the last 10 years. So as that acceptance comes in, then the next thing that you see, I guess on the more forefront, is the more personal side of it. That personal acceptance and that personal how it hits an individual personally is not necessarily what they do publicly at their job. I get, and does that make sense? Kind of how I'm, I'm struggling yeah. to write here. In other words, their life at home—that's what everybody knows—is because right. you know, that's what his. So been it's, it's pretty much a reference point where people can, you know, I'm not going to say regular people, but like other people in society, where they can—it's common ground. Right, right. It's the most natural law of evolution, I guess, it seems, in the dynamic. Because it's like, okay, did you know so-and-so's gay? Yeah, he's my neighbor, he's my cousin, he's my da-da-da-da, whatever, you know, lives down the street, you know, he's on my the PTA, you know. It's the most personal thing, I guess, is the marriage. Because if we look at it from a constitutional perspective, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and I think that you probably would be a more – you'd probably find a more hard – well, it's harder to come up with a better thing to fit into that other than who you choose to marry. Definitely your so, life, 
definitely the pursuit of your own happiness. Now, I think that once that issue is settled, getting back to one of your first questions there, um, yes, I do think that this will start to open the floodgates. I don't know if it will necessarily be on a judicial perspective. I think eventually it will be, but I think that you're going to see, since it's been slapped as discrimination, then I think that's going to even make the Republican Party probably back up a little bit and go, you know, it's probably not a good idea if we start doing things like this. And I think laws will start to come into effect. I think you'll start to see it more commonly uh, that, you know, anti-work discrimination uh, laws will be coming around. I don't think it will come under this current Congress. It's getting ready to take effect. But Oh, no. But, yeah, the one after that, probably, I think you'll see changes. And I, like you asked earlier, yes, I do think this is going to be the opening of the floodgate, so to speak. It's a matter mm-hmm. of time. We all had to start somewhere. Um, one of your other questions of what do I think about it being um, for other civil rights issues? Yeah. I think, uh, and now do you mean by outside of the... LGBT community or within the LGBT? Well, we could go there, but since we're focusing on LGBT, do you think that that will cause people, as far as the LGBT community, do you think that it will cause people to start to focus on other issues that, hey, they'll be like, well, hey, since we kind of discriminated against them um, on this issue, you know, uh, maybe we need to look at other uh, things, like as for example, like I brought up, like the whole workplace discrimination thing, or just you know them having just basic protections under the under the law. Okay. You know, okay. Uh, yeah, and I like so yeah, I think that that will be the nat- next uh, natural flow of the dynamic, I guess, the next evolutionary process, if I can try and relate science to law. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's probably the next stop. Is you'll see the. The situation, once that one is settled, will now evolve into other th- evolve into the next dynamic, which I think once you get the marriage tackled, then the obvious next result is workplace discrimination. Okay. Uh, Michael, I'm going to go to the lines. I believe we have someone online right now. Um, let's go to the lines and see who this is. Um, caller 317-591. Um, do you have a question or a comment, or are you just listening at this point? I'm just listening right now. Okay. Um, well, th- we want to thank you for calling in and listening. Um, um, once again, those who are um, just joining us, feel free to give us a call if you have a question or a comment um, relating to any of the topics that we're discussing tonight, feel free to call us at 646-915-8200. Right now we are discussing the whole gay gay marriage debate here um, and where that that is currently right now um, and where it might potentially go uh, within the uh, judicial system. Um, I guess another question that I kind of have too is – the issue when people try to make it a religious thing. Now, it seems like some people, I'm going to see how I can put this. 
people always want to cry that they want and complain that, you know, we shouldn't have, um, you know, there should be a, a separation between church and state when we're dealing with these issues. But why is it when it comes to the issue of gay marriage or even just rights for gay individuals in, in general, why is it that religion is always bought into it? And everyone wants to say, well, this country was founded on God and this, that, and the other. So why is it that when it comes to anything else, religion doesn't pay, play a part of it? And I'm not knocking religion whatsoever, but I just always wonder why is it conveniently used when we're discussing the whole issue of gay marriage? Personally, I think because religion has adopted a centristic point of view that doesn't allow it to be accepting of anybody else other than what it approves of. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's, and I know that that sounds awfully harsh, but if we look at the rhetoric of some of our, let's use the term fire and brimstone uh, preachers or denominations out there, I'm sorry. If we look at some of our more, uh, what's the term, excitable religions, let's say some of the more charismatic faiths, for example, um, they don't seem to want to give a whole lot on that topic. And it's like, hey, no, you're wrong. You're going to hell. Get out of my sight. Mm-hmm. While then some of the other Christian faiths are like, well, we hate the sin, but not the sinner. We love you, but you're still going to hell anyway. As opposed to then some of them that split the middle of the road saying, oh, well, you know what? It's not our job to judge. We love you. Come on in and sit down. So, I don't know. You have all these things, but why? I don't know. It seems like religion's always at the forefront. If you really look at the... uh, um, the racial issues in civil rights back in the 50s and 60s, you know, religion tried to play a part in that too. Yeah. So so you're saying that, so in other words, you're saying that religion has always been something used in the oppression and the manipulation, we can even say that, uh, of people pretty much. absolutely. And I mean, this is something. This is not something that's just started. I don't think. I, I don't believe this is. I mean, we're looking at it now, but like, like you said, you look throughout history, even uh, as far as uh, racial issues are concerned. Like you said, um, there was a time that you know um, the Bible was used to justify slavery, discrimination, um, even the uh, oppression of women. Oh yeah. If we, if we even want to look at that, oppressed women. Yes. So um, it's always been something used because that's something that people reverence. People reverence religion. They place that above all things. And, you know, and and a lot of people, if all you have to do is say that something is scripturally based or or you try to say that this is what God's will is for you or this is what God wants, and I have this scriptural – you know, text to back up what I'm saying, a lot of people will, will fall off of that, you know. And and, and it's very sad that, that throughout history we've seen um, even 
like if you want to even look at the catastrophic event of um uh or events surrounding World War Two with the, you know, Holocaust and stuff like that, you know, people have always used religion or um to to oppress or even annihilate a whole group of people. You look at a lot of the um you look at a lot of the, the conflict that's going on even in the Middle East and just around the world, it's all centered on religion because religion is something that people, like I said, they hold in high regards. I mean, higher than than, than anything else. You know, I mean, you know, of course people are going to hold their family in high regard. They're going to hold, you know, you know that. But people place religion even be above their children and in some cases, you know, in their spouse. So, you know, if you really want to control people, if you really want to um if you want to push a certain um agenda or propaganda, I think that religion is is one of those things that has always been um it is by far my, the best catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. It is the best and catalyst. This, and this is a situation the about the, the whole gay marriage um um uh, debate is it this this is no different. Yeah, and if you look at the progress that civil rights from made from the 50s, if you look at the progress from, let's just say, 1950 to the year 2000, you look at how far that come, and then you look at the gay movement from 1800 up until now, it's moved at a much slower rate. But when everything was, quote-unquote, kept in the closet... You could do that. Right. Now, one of, I think, the biggest things and the most important things is uh, the amount of gay people that are coming out. Because, you know, you it gives it a face. It forces it to have a face and forces you to not deny it. Because it is, if you think about it, of all the minority possibilities out there, it is one of the only minority possibilities that will transcend all genders all races, and all religions. So no matter where they're at, they can't just ignore it and say, oh, well, it's not there. Well, yeah, it is. But how much longer will it continue to be a hot-button issue in religion? Probably for a couple hundred more years. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of leads into what um, something else I want to discuss tonight, too, with the... uh, with the midterm elections being pretty much about the last Tuesday's been about a week, and um, pretty much with the results of this, do you think that this will affect uh, gay marriage being passed or like the stro- like the fight um, in this this whole like um, topic? Do you think that this will hinder progress in that or? Uh, do you think that the Republicans will take this opportunity to uh, begin to be more open and reaching out to different people? Because I guess what I guess what I'm saying is like they have an option to either take this opportunity of them um, having control of the Senate to either make or break the party. And do you think that uh, with them taking up, they're going to fight this issue, or do you think they're going to be more open-minded, what what do you think about the future of the Republican Party? Mm. For the, you know, especially leading up to the 2016 election. 
And you do mean like towards the gay rights initiative, correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, <laughs> I don't know that I could probably provide the best educational guess on that because I do tend to be a little biased. I'm not a big fan of the party. Um, <laughs> but I can say this. I don't think you're going to see them change absolutely anything at all until the Supreme Court has made its final ruling. Once the Supreme Court has stepped in and said once and for all, yes or no, gay people can get married, then you'll see, okay, that will then present to them that they have no way around it. It has been labeled as discrimination. I think the court will probably apply a heightened level of scrutiny, which is a fancy judicial term to say then that it's a little bit of a binding precedent that every time a gay issue comes up in the courts, it's going to have a more, it's going to be given a closer examination due to the discriminatory situations in its past. So mm-hmm. you look at that, I think then that's going to make the Republican Party go, okay, time out. We have to play nice. Yeah. We don't yeah. like to play nice, but we're going to have to play nice. So we've got to be at least neutral on this topic, but we don't have to like it. Yeah. I think that's what you'll see. In order now, as far as the face of the Republican Party changing on that topic, I think it will probably quite a bit within the next five to seven or to ten years. Mm-hmm. I think within ten years, it will have changed a lot on that topic. But I think that they're going to have to have their ass handed to them in a couple more elections before it really changes. I think in general, and this is just kind of sliding away from the whole gay America, I really think that they're going to have, as a party, they're going to really have to um, really sit down and really consider or reconsider some of their positions on certain things, even like um, as far as how they reach out to the African American and Latino community, and just just um, different minorities in general, and they're going to have to really take a serious look that um, the face of the United States. I mean, or just the just the the, the oh. demographic oh, of, I've got a of the United one. States is going to change here in the upcoming years. They're going to have to really look at that as a party, and they're going to have to like change their platform. Huh? And but here's what I think they're going to do. I think that they're not going to do a damn thing for the black community because they already know they can't win that one. They've done enough of, let's use the uh, lesser polite term of shit in their nest. You know, the Republican Party isn't going to try and win the black vote. They're not going to. They know they can't win it. So, but they're eyeballing now the Latino community. And now they're really pushing out there, you know, like, like the pride prodigal son of minorities in the Republican Party is Marco Rubio. You know, he's a Hispanic mm-hmm. face with a Hispanic name, and they're really pushing him out there really hard. You know, especially any Hispanic that they can find that's a Republican, they're pushing him out there. Because they say, hey, you know what, that's going to be the next largest minority pretty soon. And mm-hmm. I think by 2020, it'll be the next largest minority, I think. Right. 
So they are trying yeah. now to get ahead of that curve. It's kind of like the health of the black community. They can't win that vote, so they're not even going to try. Right. But they're going to focus there in, instead on the Hispanic community. And they know that the Hispanic community is predominantly Catholic, so you still have a strong Christian backing there. They're going to yeah. go after that as well. Again, applying religion to politics. Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to really be some, um, it's really going to be interesting to see how they work together with the president um, over the course of, or well, I mean, the re- for the remainder of his term. Um, like I said, you know, um, I, I do think one of the first things they're going to try to attack is the um, health care bill that he, you know, okay. the health care and just just a lot of things that, they, that he's tried to place in motion that they're going to try to stop. And, you know, people better realize and wake up. These midterm elections are just as important as the presidential elections, if not more, because these elections determine what goes on locally in your community and um, the people that represent you. And I, I just don't – and it just really disturbs me the the lack of um, enthusiasm from people uh, when it came to the midterm election. It just really disappointed me. A lot of people just thought, hey, oh, you see, everybody's just politicians. Everybody's like, I said, you know what? You know, it's just like people had this, 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 I don't know what kind of mentality. It was just like, I don't care mentality. And it just really, it really disturbed me. When people yeah, don't people haven't eat. realized in these midterm elections that just because you don't vote doesn't mean the problems are going to go away. <laughs> away, yeah. But, you know, and it's like that every midterm election, but I think that this one may have a little bit more of a... I think more was at stake. I think more was at stake, you know. Well, I don't think it's at stake. The reason I say I could understand it a little bit more is with the estrangement that the people feel with the current Congress. You know, it's no kidding, you know, no wonder that, it, you know, it's been one of the old adages that, yeah, it'd take an act of Congress to get that through. Why? Because it's complicated. And look how much they've actually done. They haven't done hardly anything. Yeah. You can't get them to agree on anything. You can't get them to bring anything up for a vote because it's so political and Partisan that no neither side wants to give any or sit down and actually come to a legitimate, reasonable compromise. You know it doesn't happen. So I could see where you know people have gotten even more, you know, disenfranchised with it and been like, screw it, I ain't voting. What's the use? It's all going to be gridlock anyways. Right. Uh, five nine one. Did you have something that you wanted to say um, pertaining this issue? Um, no, I, I don't have anything to say at the moment. Okay, well, we, no, the line's going to be open if you decide to jump in. Um, I just, I really think that um, in the future, I, I think, I hope people learn from this. I, I, I thought people would would have been more, especially here locally. I, I, I would have thought that people would have been more active, especially with the last uh, election we had. And, and I'm not trying to really throw any shade or anything, but a lot of people were complaining and were kind of like uh, surprised that 
our current mayor here at Indianapolis, Greg Ballard, got back into office. And I really was surprised myself because me, knowing me as a voter, um, personally, I know that I am always involved in the political scene. I, I always go out and vote. Uh, I haven't missed a vote since I've been able to vote. And to me, I, to me, it was just surprising to see. It was and it was disappointing too, you know, knowing that I, you know, went out to cast my vote and and just to see how other people around me, even just people in your family. How you know a lot of people aren't even involved with the political process, and it's just like, why? I guess it does make you question why should I even get involved when everyone else around me doesn't, and you know how can I make a difference? But it's just I I really think I really thought that people would have learned from what happened the last time, but I guess they haven't, you know. And it's just it's just it just really bothers me that. And don't get me wrong, I'm I, I I love how people come out you know, the turnout for the presidential elections, I think everybody should vote. I think it should be, um, you know, I think we should bombard the um, election polls. But it just bothers me that, you know, the demographic, like we had a younger demographic, we had a more, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it was just it was just disappointing just comparing that to, like, the midterm elections. It's just like, it's like you don't see a lot of younger people involved. They're not in, as engaged as the presidential election. And it's just to me, you should be more active and more uh, interested in what's going on in your local community, you know, because the people that you're sending to Congress and the people that, that represent you are the ones that are going to bring about those changes that you, that, you know what I'm saying, that represent your needs. So I just I just really think that uh, we need to reconsider and and and, and, and somehow kind of reach out to these younger people and get them engaged, you know. And it's just like you know, it, it's almost like the only way they gonna even care to get up and vote is if okay if they take Shaniqua's damn food stamps from her or 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 um. Man, man's like you know what I'm saying. So secure. It's just like that's the only time people want to get involved. They don't know anything else. But when it comes to that, and it's just like, come on now, we need to really get serious and know who we're. You know what I'm saying? Who we're, who who's representing us? It's just like I, I don't understand it. Like it, it just really bothers me. Yeah, and I think no. you know the and that's always seemingly been a trend for it seems like the younger crowd. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. what age it is, somewhere in their thirties, maybe late thirties, they start the light bulb yeah. starts to come on and say, Hey, we probably should pay attention to this. But because life comes yeah. how to get the young people more involved to where they care enough to pay attention to this stuff. Right. I don't yeah, know. Maybe I'm somebody maybe they need to look at that a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You know, um, I guess the next topic is I was waiting on me uh, to call in, and she said she's going to be running late. But I wanted to get on a topic that, you know, we, we've kind of been talk, jumping around here tonight, but uh, something that I found, found uh, really disturbing in the news um, 
over the last couple of weeks. And I know I know it's kind of faded off a little bit. It's been a couple of weeks since it's been in the news, but I um I I, I think it might resurface. But uh, but it just goes this this story just goes to show you that um people really need to be mindful of um who they who they follow and, and it kinda makes you question the whole um the whole thing about religion and how powerful religion really is, like I was mentioning earlier. Um there was a pastor and um I believe he lives in Montgomery, Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. And um his name is uh Reverend Juan D. McFarlane. Um and I guess the story behind um this particular preacher is um in September he came um before his congregation um which was the Shallow Missionary Baptist Church and he made um some confessions to the church. Um one of which is um he had been stealing church funds to support a drug habit that he had. But just when you think that that was bad enough, he also came out and said that um, he was full-blown, well, he had HIV, which developed into a full-blown AIDS. And he was initially um, diagnosed in 2003, and he became uh, full-blown in 2008. But, see, that doesn't stop there. This individual has had several uh, affairs with women within the church, in the congregation. And not only was he having these affairs, he was not even telling these people that he had this, this disease. And to throw more fuel on top of that, of that fire, these um, affairs were taking place actually within the church, like the four walls of their, their church. And it just kind of brings up the issue of the power of uh, these religious leaders. Like, I mean, and it also brings up to me the, the, the um, discussion of accountability. Now, on one hand, I feel sorry for these women, because no one deserves to be exposed to that. But then on the other hand, you have to really look at these women. These are grown women. And these women took no accountability for their own health. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, not only did they not have respect for themselves, but they didn't have respect for the house of God. And to me, I feel that that was, that should have been the main focus right there. Um, these women that were willing to have this affair with this pastor, and on top of that, they did not choose to protect themselves and at least look out for themselves. And, and it's, it's bad enough that they didn't have any respect for the house of God, but it's even worse that, you know, they, they didn't have respect respect for themselves in their congregation. And it's just like, you know, um, 
it, it's, it's just a really disturbing story. Um, I guess as of um, October 15th, which, which was a couple weeks ago, well, almost a month ago, um, there was a uh, there was there was conflict between the pastor and the congregation that uh, where he felt that he shouldn't have stepped down, and um, he he pretty much feels that he has not done anything wrong. And he and he feels that because he has confessed that that kind of clears him, and they should move on and forgive him. But uh, this article that um, that I that I got my information from uh, pretty much says that uh, uh, pretty much he he knowingly spread the disease, which is pretty much in Alabama a misdemeanor, and um, and it's only punishable. Uh, by up to a year in jail. So that that alone right there is very disturbing. Maybe Alabama needs to look into that because and I understand that it's the responsibility of both parties to protect themselves, but if you're out here knowingly passing along a disease which has no cure for it, there's treatments for it, but there's no cure for it, and in in some cases, you're you're imposing a a death sentence upon somebody by passing that along. I really think that that alone should be uh, a harsher penalty for that. You see what I'm saying? So, what are your thoughts, Michael, on the whole situation? Like, what do you feel about that? Well, number one, let's just go on the record and say the t- say one point something out. Ladies and gentlemen, if your church, and you know, I'm going to be really non-denominational as I can be here. I don't know of any religion that has convinced or put into their doctrine anything that says you should be sleeping with your pastor in the church, especially within the four walls of the church. Something should have kicked in to tell you that's not right. If your pastor is trying to convince you to do this, don't walk, run, screaming. Right there, point blank. What person, you know, in your, I understand, you know, human emotion. I understand what a sex drive is. I get it. I know, I'm human. But if your pastor is trying to get you to do this inside the four walls of their church, maybe you really need to think about what you're dealing with there. Mm. Just a thought. Just a thought. You know, I'm well, not fortunate in touch with yeah. the Spirit, but that ain't the way to do it. No, and, I, and it just brings a whole new definition on bended knee. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I don't know what they put up on that altar. Well, it's a Baptist church. It's not technically an altar. <laughs> but still, wow. I just, 
don't know. I guess I'm thinking to myself, this should have been a red flag. And then you as the pastor, here's the other <laughs> idiotic part to this. You as the pastor think, well, well, well wait a minute. I told the truth. Yeah, I stole a few thousand dollars. And, yeah, I've infected some people with a deadly disease that's going to kill them. But really, seriously now, why do you all want to fire me? No, really? You have to ask? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did he I, I, him to pat I him definitely on the back feel that say, he should be oh, held it's okay. We forgive you. Come on back to church. <laughs> no, not quite. But now I know why he's fighting it. He's not that stupid. He knows they're going to fire him. The only reason that he's fighting it is the same way that every other preacher across this whole country fights it when someone tries to throw them out of their church. Because the longer they fight it, the longer it gives them to build up their monetary reserves and to look for another place to go. If they can string it along for another year, all the better, because they keep getting paychecks. Hello, you guys still there? I am. Michael. Yes. Okay. Yeah, like I was saying... uh, like before I got disconnected, I said, you know, that's the problem now. A lot of these people have no, uh, they have no spiritual intuition. They have, you know, they're they're like sheep, like they're literally like sheep. That's and that's why I don't know. I just have a problem with churches considering their congregation as sheep because it just seems like, you know, they're. They they look at them as mindless people without any like um, individuality or any um, intelligence or um, any ability to rightly divide own. the word of truth or come to their own con- educated conclusion. And that's the yep. problem now. A lot of these people they they follow these pastors and anything they say goes. Like they they any all they have to do because the pastor says it or the pastor wants it. That that that's all they need to know, you know. Well, never mind if even in their own. own gut that they feel that it's wrong. I mean, if you look from the church's perspective, can you blame them? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's worked great for the last, you know, at least five or six hundred years. Actually, a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, from Mom, the church. We have another caller online. Let's go to the lines and see who's online. Um. Caller six four six six four. Um, do you have a question or a comment? This is C. Yes. Um, I yes. just well, have, I have you been listening so far? Actually, I knew I was going to be a little late, so I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But I, I honestly don't know where everyone is at, so I'm ready to jump in. Well, right now we're talking about this pastor. And I know we're going to be talking about a couple more things um, dealing with the religious community because I really wanted to get your take on it. Um, but we were talking about the pastor from Alabama, which his name was, uh, let me get his name right, the Reverend Juan D. McFarland from the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church, um, where he yes. has been um, accused of um, infecting several women in the congregation and not only that, he has been accused of stealing church funds to um, to support his drug habit. And we were just talking about the responsibility, where it lies within these women. 
should these women be also held accountable of their actions as well? And I'm not saying that anybody deserves to be infected with a sexual, but that's one thing when when you make choices in life, you know, and we've all been there. I've been there. You have to deal mm-hmm. with the consequences, and you can't play the victim. What is your thoughts yeah. about this particular pastor and the mm-hmm. women as well with congregation that willingly slept with him? And not only that, they slept with him within the four walls of the church, which also leads into the um, discussion that there is no there is no respect for God these days in religion. Right. Um, I'm going to start with the pastor. Um, he was out of line completely. He knew that he was infected with this disease. He knew that. And um, and to just sleep with these females, and not only was it degrading, it was disrespectful to the house of the Lord, and it was disrespectful to God, period. Um, I will say this. I honestly do not feel sorry for those women because, one, you committed an awful and degrading act within the church and with the pastor who is really supposed to be um, the shepherd of the flock. And, you know, when you do things that are contrary to the word of God, um, there there are consequences, you know, and um, and these are things that God really does not want us to do. But when we're not living the way that we're supposed to live and we just dash out there like that and we do these crazy things, there are consequences. So these women have to live with that. And not only this, it seems like the pastor doesn't even never had a conscience never had any remorse, never felt sorry, no, nothing. So when it all boils down on my end, um, I believe with my whole heart that this pastor should pay, and I honestly do not feel sorry for these women because they knew what they were getting themselves into, and they knew that, you know, and, and it's taught. If you go around and you fool around with people like this, you don't know what people have today, period. And Mm -hmm. I'm not even condoning it, but I'm just saying that you don't know what a person has. So you're going to go out here and you're going to jeopardize your livelihood and your safety for nine or ten minutes of pleasure, you know. And I'm sorry, but I had to go there like that, you know, because that is a fact, but... But I'm sorry, but I had to well, say that. Is... Now, I ain't going to say that because you know what? Cause I ain't really trying to go there. But was was the – never mind. Okay, I'll say, was the intercourse that good? Were you going to jeopardize your life? And, and, it must have been. And, and had pretty much... What did you say? Mm-hmm. I said it must have been that good because he had him lined up. He had him lined up, boy. He was knocking them down, boy. He, he had, he, boy. He had this checklist. Forgive me for that one, Lord. Well, I'll tell you what. Exactly. I said that brings, like I told Michael, that brings a new definition of arm bended knee. Because you know what? Instead of them being uh-huh. on their knees praying to God to deliver them, 
and, and protect them. They was on their knees doing some other things, worshiping idol gods and idol mm-hmm. dicks. I'm going to say that. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And see, and you know, what? Yes. Like, you know, and, and this, this is what I'm talking about right here. There mm-hmm. is no respect and no, there is no reverence for the things of God in the house of God right. anymore. We, we look at society mm-hmm. now. You, the church, people come to church any kind of way. They doing anything in the church. They don't have, they don't have respect for the church. Well, that's, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm just keep it real with you. Even in my church, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, and I love my church, but you know, there's people that don't respect the church in our community. That people stealing mm-hmm. from the church, breaking into the church, um, stealing. Yeah. Somebody had the nerve to steal, like I guess the copper and the metal out of the the door air conditioning units at church. You that hooked on you, you that big of a junkie that you gonna come mm-hmm. to the church and scrap some metal. So you can support your drug habit. Yes. People mm-hmm. stealing from the Absolutely. church. Yes. There's just yes. everything yes. going on in the church today, and I I just don't understand. Yes. It. Now I want to jump to um, we had a comment on Facebook, um, and, and I don't think she'll mind me um, using her uh, name, mm-hmm. but she made a good point, Miss um, Jessica. Miss Jessica Moore, um, I'm going to go back to her comment because she made a good comment earlier about um, pretty much there is no respect for, okay, wait a minute. Bear with me, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she was saying that, you know, she's still behind on the issue, the church issue, but she said, y'all right, though, the church needs to be more involved. Uh, within the community, and that's a good point. I mm-hmm. mean, instead of the church being involved with them with themselves, they need to be out there doing the word of God instead of doing each other. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just going to be honest with you. With all this stuff going on in the church today, you know, I got a friend. You know, we were just discussing this earlier. It's time out for going to church, Father. A lot of people are turned out for church because people are going through some real things in life. And mm-hmm. they need a word from God. All this other silliness and all these church po- politics and all this other stuff needs to be placed aside because people are dealing with real life issues. And mm-hmm. and who has time to go to some of these churches when you find just as much foolishness on the inside of church as on the outside? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just I just don't understand it. And then check this. I'm going to ask you about this. See, what do you feel about in the state of Alabama? They were saying that um, knowingly spreading um, a sexually transmitted disease is only a misdemeanor, and it's only punishable up to a year in jail. How do you feel about that? See, I am against that because we all know that that is. Um, a crime that is extremely serious, you know, and all crimes are serious, but that right there is at the top of the list. And for them to acknowledge it as a misdemeanor means that they just don't even care nor nor value a person's life. So, um, and I totally disagree with that because I believe 
that that's something, you know, that needs to be uh, a felony and you need mm-hmm. to be in jail for a long time because you are because you killed a person. That is yeah. murder. You done killed a person. And, I, and I'm not trying Period. to be perverted enough, but you you pretty much using a heat-seeking missile and you aiming it at your target <laughs> and you, right. you are shoot yeah. You are aiming that heat seeking missile at a target and you are pretty much eradicating that person's existence. Now mm-hmm. if you want to hear something actually kinda of weird about that same type of law, only here in Indiana. Knowingly and intentionally spreading HIV or AIDS in Indiana is a felony. And mm-hmm. in the eighties when it was first put on the books, it was punishable by death, capital punishment. Yep. Wow. So, y'all I remember that man I remember that man a couple of years ago that got arrested. He lived in Greenwood. He was um affecting all them people and he knew that he had HIV. Y'all remember that? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What? That man slept with I I don't know if he I think he slept with men and women if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he he was just out here just just sleeping with people. He was knocking them out like he was just like playing a game of chess. Like he was just boy checkers. He was just jumping all over. Them. Oh just, my just, god! And it was just crazy that this man looked. He just looked demonic. He looked really. Yeah. I wish I man. I wish I could find that story. And we we might do another follow up story on that um, because you know I really think that that is something that we need to discuss. And I think I'm gonna have I think I'm gonna, I have somebody lined up. I'm not gonna stay here, but they're gonna come on the show and we're gonna have a real talk about um, HIV within the community because a lot of people people yes. they they they're not taking this stuff serious. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of education and miseducation out here that people need to know. But yeah. this stuff is happening all over the place. And I believe there was yes. another story that happened a couple of years ago, too, similar to this, where the, the congregation. No, I don't even think it was a couple of years ago where, where a pastor was sleeping with uh, people um, in the congregation and infecting them. Oh, so my God. when we think about this, like, we got to realize the days and the times that we're living in. We're living in some perilous times. And people have no respect or regard for life. And Mm -hmm. it's sad when you can't even depend on the church to do the right thing, then we're in trouble. Yes. Yes. And if I could say something, too, and I think Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, when a person doesn't have any regards, like you were saying, or if they are upset, at people and they're lashing and they're lashing out like that, and then they're taking it out on other people. And I'm saying, whatever's happening in your life, take it out on you. You don't take it out on nobody else like that. Yeah, but if they had that kind of regard for human existence, they wouldn't do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and you know what? This pastor has the nerve to be upset because they want him out of that church. How arrogant can you be? Mm-hmm. 
because he is so attached to the money, to the status, and he was so happy because these women were falling all over him. So now for him to think that it's okay and that nothing was wrong with it shows that his mentality is messed up. Yeah. Ridiculous. And you know, and you know what's so scary? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna drop this on y'all. How many of those women in the church? Let me drop this on you. I ain't, y'all probably ain't thought about this. Mhm. How many of those women in that church could have been married themselves, sleeping with that man Ooh. on the side, and then going home to their husband or their boyfriend? Hmm. Hmm. Did you think about now, that? that's a good one. Honestly, I didn't until you said that, and now that you say that, oh, my gosh, so well, it's just spreading like, like it's the domino but effect. See, that's, that's and that's what I'm saying. This stuff this stuff is scary because when you, when you take it to that level, these – and, who, who, you know, when you're being intimate and, and, and uh, with, you, you know, your your partner or your, your, your spouse – you you don't worry about those things. You shouldn't have to worry about those right, things because you right. were that person. Yeah. These women were out exactly. here sleeping with this pastor, and and they and he was infecting them. And who knows? They was taking that stuff home to their husband. Mhm. Yes. Well, oh my goodness. You know, my other thought to that that's along the very same lines is that <laughs> no. If they were of the type of an individual to be sleeping with the pastor inside of the church, Mm. I'm pretty sure that their significant other is not the only one on the list. Oh. And that's true? You know, I mean, just consider the type of individual that you're looking at. Just in the type of person that would do it, right? And, then, and they, they could be what? up in that church. I mean, and they could be uh-huh. up in. The, and, and, and I'm kind of scared to even say this. I'm gonna I'm throw this on you. Who's to say mm-hmm. if he ain't if he don't have no conscience and he's sleeping with the? Do you think that there could be children in that church that could have been abused too? Yeah. Ooh. Mm, mm, mm. Ooh, Lord, this this, this just really there should be a investigation in this show. This shouldn't just be something that's just looked at on face value. There could be so many layers that we haven't been able to pull back yet. Yes. Yes. And for the law down there to not really take it as a serious matter is upsetting to me because You know, you two actually just raised some good points because the reality is is that we honestly don't know who all these women or the pastor uh, has actually been with. So y'all are right. So this, you know, really is more than, you know, the pastor with these couple women. It's the pastor with possibly men or women and kids or whatever the case may be. So, yeah. oh my! Because these are only the women that came forward. Yeah, only exactly. Because we'll say mm-hmm. this: who's to say that? You know, some of the women was probably embarrassed, and they they mm-hmm. didn't want to 
uh, admit that they've done this. And yep. And and you know what? And what's so what's so scary about a lot of these diseases is like they go, um, they go dormant. And they could have slept yeah. with their husband, and they, their husband could have got infected, and he probably thought he was just sick. And then you get sick for a while, then then the disease mm-hmm. lies dormant in your system, and they they'll never even think. And, and they'll probably be the types of things. All my wife didn't get caught up in there. You don't know. Mm-hmm. And you could be yeah. sitting here, one of the people that he that he slept with, wives that he slept with, and you could be. The recipient of what he had because she brought it home to you. Yes. Yeah. Mm. 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 Oh my this is some, I'm telling y'all, this is some real stuff that's going on. That's why I said, you, if you don't look out for nobody else, look out for yourself. That's right. And it's sad that yes. even in marriages, you you have to be vigilant of that, and that's and it shouldn't even be that way. Mhm. Yeah. But, so, and and you can't even be happy in marriages today because, like you said, like you constantly have to ask the question, well, who have you been with and what have you been doing? And you're right, marriage is not supposed to be like that. But, unfortunately, that's really how it is. Yeah, we living in these times. I said you better you better wake up. It's something. It's almost twenty fifteen. You better you gotta get with the program. Mhm. Wake up and smell the coffee. That's right. If you if you don't smell the coffee, you might be smelling something else. You better be smelling <laughs> for something else. <laughs> 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 but anyway, I want to move on <clears throat> to another story relating to well, I'm not going to say relating to this, but it, it ties into the the theme that we're talking to tonight about uh, what's going on in the church. Um, me and C, we've discussed this, and I've also posted this online on Facebook, and I've got some mixed responses from people because it was just really sad. Um, when I got this, this news, but um, Grammy-nominated um, gospel singer James Fortune was um, caught up in a domestic dispute um, last month, um, was late last month, and um, when when the incident originally occurred, um, there was a lot of secrecy surrounding it. Um, there was a uh, Statement that was put out by James Fortune, which I will I will read that in a second. But pretty much, um, he pretty much said that he wants his privacy, and he expects people to respect that. And it, and they didn't want to tell what happened or who it happened to. But um, just about a week ago, or um. We about a week and a half ago, details came out mm-hmm. that the, the person that was in the dispute was his wife, and uh, pretty much he attacked her um, with a bar stool. Um, I'm going to read this article from My Fox Houston, and 
this article uh, was written by Ashley Johnston, a multimedia journalist from the area. Um, the, 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 the article is entitled, Grammy-nominated gospel singer accused of striking wife with barstool. Um, Grammy Award-nominated gospel singer and radio host James Fortune is in trouble for domestic violence once again. Twelve years ago, he pleaded guilty to injuring his four-year-old stepson. This time, he is accused of lashing out at his wife with an object that is quite appalling. The former choir director of Higher Dimension Church wears many hats, according to attorney Tony Jones, an abusive stepfather and alleged wife beater. Uh, He has been charged with aggravated assault of a family member with a deadly weapon, and I believe that weapon is being alleged as a barstool, Jones said. Jones represents Roderick Davenport, the biological father of Fortune's stepson. This past weekend, Fortune was arrested in Stafford and charged. Quote, I believe that Stafford PD were concerned at the time of the investigation, interviewing her possibly, uh, interviewing her possibly leg or her pelvis may have been fractured or broken. The gospel singer was sentenced to six years of deferred adjudication for punishing his four-year-old stepson by putting him in scalding hot water. In addition to stepchildren, Fortune and his wife have three children together. Quote, the most serious thing that could happen, and we've seen this happen before, is Mrs. Fortune or those children could end up dead, Jones said. Fortune is out on bond. If convicted, he will be looking up to 15 years in prison. Um, And pretty much they gave a number out. Anyone who needs domestic um, help with the domestic situation can call the Houston Area Women's Center at 713-528-2121. And I want to start off with this uh, pretty much. I want to read this statement. I'm going to see if I can find it. Uh, Stop. Thought I had it originally pulled up, um, which we'll get to that in a second if I can find it. Um, but pretty much in a nutshell, that statement that he released when he uh, – and I'm going to go to his Facebook page. There was something on his Facebook page um, that I guess his defense attorney uh, had posted something on his page, and it was just real – it just disturbed me. But I, I want to find that statement that he made originally um, when this all broke um, on the yeah the, the, the statement on the twenty. Okay, here it is. Um, the statement that he came out with on the twenty sixth was thank you to to everyone for the outpouring of love and support in light of the recent news. I am truly sorry for the negative tension this situation has brought to my wife, family, friends and business partners. Because it is a pending legal matter, I cannot comment on what has been reported. However, I understand the seriousness of this matter and ask that you respect the privacy of my family as we address this together. And uh, I'm going to read you the uh, statement from 
a criminal defense attorney um, that who is um, representing him. He said, he put this on his Facebook page. My name is Dorian Kotar. I am a de- criminal defense attorney in a private practice, and I represent James Fortune on the allegations of domestic violence. Like many in the Houston area, I saw a very brief news story about this situation yesterday evening and on the local news. The primary contributor to this story is attorney Tony Jones Strowman. Miss Jones Strowman's statement that she believes that Mr. Fortune suffered either a broken pelvis or a broken leg is reckless and absolutely not true. I personally visited her with her at my home on Sunday night. She displayed no injuries or signs of injuries whatsoever. Miss Fortune is also stating that her husband did not assault her. Um, they said uh, Mrs. Jones Strowman practices both family and criminal law. One would hope she would understand the presumption of innocence and not put baseless, baseless facts into the media. Although Mr. Fortune is anxious to make a public statement, I have instructed him to do not to do so. We're denying all these allegations, and this case will be aggressively defended where it is supposed to be, in a Fort Bend County court, not in the media. Please contact me if you have any additional questions. Thank you, Dorian Kotar. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, okay. I don't I'll, I'll take the lead off on that. Yeah, Let's I'm going to take You, um, you, you submerged a four-year-old into scalding water that obviously resulted in injuries that got you a conviction. And you want us to believe that you didn't beat the hell out of your wife. Hmm. Mm. Okay, sure, seems reasonable. Um, <laughs> and then we sit here and say, is this the same woman that was married to him when she when this man put her baby in the hot water and scalded him? Yes, and then had three additional kids with. Mhm. Okay. There, I think that this this needs to be really looked into. And I, I but you know what? This is what I'm gonna say. And see, we discussed this. These are grown but people. Now, if she, and, and this is my thing, and, and before I even get into the whole thing about how I feel it's kind of crazy that you, you're you supposed to be a gospel artist, but you're not even concerned about your witness or how this affects people's mindset on religion and this and the other. I'm not going to get into that yet. But this is my thing. These are grown people. And to me, if she, if she likes it, I love it. If she wants to sit there and take that abuse and she's seen what he's been accused for in the past, that's on her. And, and I'm going to tell you this. I'm not uh, minimalizing um, domestic violence whatsoever because it's a very serious thing that it, it affects us all. It's just not just one segment of the population that it, it affects. But to me, if she wants to go along with this and, and, and act like nothing's happened, then that's on her. These mm-hmm. these cops have, and, and you know these authorities have way more important things to do 
than to falsely accuse you of this. Like seriously, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. why would they just make this up about you? Like seriously, right? Like like you, who who are you? Like seriously, I mean you 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 sing you do a little woo woo you know you 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 sing on the mic and you do a little complete. <laughs> but who are you though? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like like this big conspiracy against James Fortune, really? Right. Mm-hmm. But let and me say I don't this know too. Who. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry to do that, but I just want to say this: mm-hmm. money talks, and she and I believe that she is so infatuated with the money that he was bringing mm. in to where, you know, she took the hits, she took the punches, she took that bar food, she took it all. And she wasn't going to say not one word because she did not want to be away from him because she was so attached to that money. And I agree with what you said. If she liked it, well, excuse Excuse my language, damn it, then I love it. Because it because it makes no sense, you know, like what you said, for you to be a grown woman and you to take this. And it's really vice versa. Whether it was a female hitting on a man or if it was a man hitting on a woman, because it can go both ways, the person who is being abused should not take that. I don't care what they're used to getting. I don't care if it's the fancy clothes. The rides, the houses, mm. the status—that doesn't matter. My my life means more than you bopping me upside my damn head with a bar stool. That makes no sense. And then also for her to condone him abusing that child. Now mm-hmm. there is no way that I would be with anybody who has abused a child, and I'm there, and she's just as guilty because she watched it happen or she knew that it happened and didn't do a dang on thing about it, she is just as guilty. So she can sit up here and say, oh, he's done nothing to me. No, you you took it and you watched it. You took it on yourself and you watched him do it to somebody else. So, period. Ooh. Now, in this step child, I wonder if it's her child from a previous relationship or what. That's that's the relationship I'm trying to figure out. Like, was this a uh, uh, well? Was this like from another relationship where he? I don't understand. I'm kind of confused about that. If that makes any sense. And now, um, now, am I right when when I thought that you said it was uh it was the it was the Stepfather, right? No, a stepchild um, victim, right? Okay, okay, I'm, I'm confused. Okay, yeah, I think, okay, the, I think it might have been her child from a previous relationship, or I don't know if he was with somebody else, and mm-hmm. and he abused a child. That's that's why I don't understand right there. But it's probably probably was her child. I would assume so. Oh, <gasps> oh, then that makes it even worse. Why would this woman still be with him? (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. Yes. Because she's seen him coming. He's the rising star in the the gospel community. That's why that was. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Hmm, makes no dang on sense. I'm sorry, but you're going to be down That's what and I'm asking you to do something to my child. Just trifle. I mean, it, I, I just hate okay. using this bar, but it's just trifle. It, it is. Yes. yes, it is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then you watch it happen, and then you think it's okay. And that's your child? Oh, no. But what, Ooh, kind of abuse, what kind of discipline is that? Well, you going to exactly. leave this child with third-degree burns? All because the child was getting on your nerves. I don't think so. Kids are kids. They they don't know any better. No better. They he that child was just being a child, but you're gonna punish that child in that way. You know, in water? In hot water? Really? Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. No. But this is my thing too. And I don't know, because I know some of you guys seen when I posted the story on, the initial story on um, Facebook of of him. And I'm just going to tell you, that <laughs> jail mugshot says, and, and, you know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words. Well, it was sure enough worth a thousand <laughs> words when I seen that picture. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, because I just really just and I'm just gonna, just just looking in his eyes, it was just like he was just demonic. Mhm, absolutely. He was just sitting there looking dumb and crazy as hell. Mhm. It was just like why, yeah. like he was, like he was embarrassed. Like he was like, I, did I really do this? I didn't do this. Yes, you did do it. Mhm. Yes. Absolutely. But that but that just goes to show you, man, domestic violence is something that even takes place in the church house. Mm-hmm. And yes. what kills me is you have a lot of these so called and I'm just looking I was looking at some of the comments on just you have you have a lot of these people that are upholding this foolishness. And you know, like mm-hmm. I said, I understand we all gonna fall short, we're gonna all make mistakes. We're going to all do things sometimes that are contrary to the will of God, and you know, and we. But for you to do things of this magnitude on more than one mm-hmm. occasion, that just really questions me. I mean, I just have a lot of questions about your witness and just about you as a person. Are you really living a double life? Mm-hmm. Are you really who you say you are? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, this is just horrible. And, Senator, when you brought it to my attention, you know, it, it was just so dumbfounding to me. Um, and one thing that really came to my mind, too, was, you know, there are people, you, we know that the music, the music industry is a, Ministry, And there are a lot of people that really, you know, if they hear a certain song by an, by an artist, they love it, they are really into it, it really ministers to them. And it may make their day. Now, if they know that this person has done this, that's, that may even change their whole aspect about this person. And then not 
only that, you know, what if these people are bathed in Christ? Like, they're going to just be so confused about it. Like, this, oof, like, this is just a crucial matter. This is so crucial. So crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, so I just, I don't know. It's just one of those things just, uh, you really got to be mindful of who you're following and who you look yeah. up to because if you don't have that your own relationship with Christ or you don't have your own, uh, just your, your own, I don't know, people today are just, they're so, they're so quick to follow people instead of having their own mind. Yeah, you know, um, it's, it's easier to be a follower, and it's it's easier to be um, someone that just goes along for the ride instead of someone that, you know, what I'm saying it's it's easy just to stand yeah. by and just yeah, it, it's just and it's just really it's really sad because this it really shocked me. This man puts out all these songs, all these little lovey dovey church songs. And they, you know, they all sound the same, you know. But I'm, you know, I'm not throwing shade there. I'm just saying I feel that all his songs. I've never real nothing against James Forge, but I've never really been big in his music. This girl at work was talking about, oh my god, I listen to his CD, his CD in my, I listen to his CD every day on the way to work. I'm like, girl, you know, that was. Yeah, that's right, and that's the problem. And that's and that's and that's the problem with a lot of these people now. They want to listen to this music. That's the only form of word they get. Yeah, exactly. Mm, mm, mm. That, I mean, that's that's the problem right there. Yeah, you can't yeah. turn the music. You can't turn them to the music. You got to know how to re- pick up that word. You got to be able to pick that up. Mhm. That's right. Because mm-hmm. some of these gospel singers, like you said, you don't know what they lives behind us, and you don't know what kind of message they're they're bringing to you. I mean, just through music, you got to know. You got to know for yourself. Mhm. Because I'm gonna tell you, like, I'm just gonna be honest with you, and I, and, and you know, I'm just gonna speak for. Who I know I'm gonna probably get in trouble for saying this, but you know what? I don't care. You know I, I'm just gonna say say it, and you know, and, and whatever. It's, mm-hmm. But I'm also gonna say he even here in Indianapolis, there's a lot of questionable things going on mm-hmm. in the gospel community. Mm-hmm. I know somebody gonna get mad and say that, but my thing is, it's like when you go to a lot of these events that they have. It, it's just a lot of things that's just not right. I'm gonna put it like that. Mm-hmm. It, it just makes you wonder, like you know, it's always about who's gonna outshout who, who who's doing yeah. this, who's doing yes. that. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, have have y'all ever experienced that? Like, I mean, and it just makes me now not even want to really be involved with a lot of stuff dealing with the church and just like with a lot of these. I I used to be really big into the gospel. Now it's just like I I just have seen a lot of stuff and it just and had a lot of people all towards each other and it's just like I just I don't I just don't know. I just I don't mm-hmm. really know. Absolutely. You know what? And yes, 
I have honestly seen things like that, and it's and it makes me think like this. Okay, who who has the best shout? And I'm sorry to say it like that, but that's how I see it because it's like our praise is supposed to be real and it's supposed to be personal. And people are not supposed to understand it. That's between you and Christ. But now, like you're saying, like they're making it almost like a competition. Show. Who can do it better? You know, and it's not about that. And it, and I get to points where if I'm in an amateur like that, I will get up, grab my stuff, and I will leave because I'm not there for that. Now, true enough, if you, you know, start shouting or whatever, like, I do too. But I'm saying, like, it shouldn't be to the point where you try to make it who does it best. Yeah. Uh-uh. Oh, you run up, how are you going to run up to somebody and start and grab their shoulder. I mean, this is foolishness that I see. Exactly. Let me tell you, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I know call a 591. I know who this is, but, I, you know, I don't. I just want your permission before I talk about, about a particular event here in Indianapolis that they have every year at the State Fair. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> It's just not the same. It's not the same. It's not. It's, you know, um, I, I typically go to the state fair the last Sunday, the last day of the state fair, and I go for the gospel um, because it's supposed to be gospel day. Or, but it's it's nothing like that anymore. It's nothing like that anymore. It's like a big mm-hmm. show and everybody has to be seen. But it's funny because... The weekend before that, matter of fact, the Sunday before that, um, my my fiance and I went to the state fair, and it was contemporary. Um, it was contemporary. Um, I think it was like contemporary, like gospel music or contemporary Christian, uh, Christian music. It, it was, and it was so nice, so peaceful. I mean, it was a mm-hmm. whole nother vibe and a whole, I mean, a whole nother vibe. Whole, it was mm-hmm. totally. Nobody was out there um, trying to outshine each other. I mean, there was people there, you know, singing, worshiping, but it was just a nice atmosphere. But I looked mm-hmm. at from a week between the two Sundays. And when I went to Gospel Sunday at the State Fair, I, I told myself, I said, I would never come back here again. For now mm-hmm. on, I would go to contemporary, I would I would go to contemporary Christian music on, on Sundays. It's so, it was so much, it was very diverse. It was just very quiet. I mean, people was minding their own business. It wasn't a big scene. But that following Sunday, it was just all out of proportion. It was mm. nothing about mm. it even made me feel like the worship was even real. And that's mm. sad. Mm. That's mm. really mm. sad. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like everybody today, everybody has a group. Mm. Yeah. Like, seriously, it's like everybody has a group. Everybody, okay, it's just like, what? I don't, I don't understand it. Mm. I put on, and you go to these Oh, I don't know. I th- I think the focus have just changed. 
it's now become mm-hmm. more of a show on who can do yes. or who can outshine the best rather than what yes. your real reason is for being there at the fair. You're supposed to be trying to touch people who who, who needs to be saved or try to speak some kind of uh, word to somebody, but people are too busy, like, trying to outshine each other. But I will, I, I'm telling you, I will probably not even go back on a Sunday like that no more. I'd rather mm. go to contemporary gospel music, and be right, I mean, contemporary Christian music, and I'll be just as, I mean, it was so, so nice. It was just peaceful, very diverse, just down to earth. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'd, rather go, I'd rather go see Universal Soul Circus. Cause that's, <laughs> I mean, that's all it is. Bunch, a bunch, it's, it's just yeah. like a dorm circus, like a bunch of a dorm, like they run around. Shouting and hollering like a bunch of monkeys at the Indianapolis Zoo. Mm-hmm. Like said, it just it kind of. I think this year it kind of just. Well, even the last couple of years, but I think yeah. It just really, I'm, I'm gonna tell you about the incident that I've seen there, and it just really caused me to start focusing. I mean, kind of questioning it too. Is like there was this older lady that was really she was about to fight somebody because she claimed that somebody. Said something to her granddaughter or something, and she had a dorm yard stick. She and she oh, was about man. to beat somebody. You remember? Yeah, that woman. Yeah. I was like, what kind of environment are we? This is not conducive yeah, to worship, and that. this is not like this is not what these young people need to see. You have these also, and, and, and kind of makes you. People always want to talk about the youth today, and it's us, but. How can we blame them for their conduct when we have people that are older that know that should know? I'm not gonna say they know better; they should know better. And they, I don't know. It's just yeah, it it's just one of those things. But I think we lost C. But I'm gonna wrap this show up tonight. Um, we're gonna probably continue because we didn't get to everything tonight. Um, it's after 11 now, but, um, you know, we're just getting started again. We're going to get everybody back on again and stuff like that, but we're going to probably continue next week with, um, I really want to talk about the Real Housewives of Atlanta, but I just do a review on YouTube for that, but I just want to wrap things up tonight. Um, Michael, is there anything else you want to discuss or you want to, uh, no, not that I can think of. Okay. Well, we will be back here next Monday, uh, and we'll probably have more people call, you know, calling in, and um, that will be here next week. I know Jr. Um, he has something going on tonight, and um, he said he, he didn't let me know it was possible that he he was going to call in, but but it might have been possible that he wasn't. But I really want to uh, thank um, a couple people that were on. Um, um, on Facebook, sending um, responses and letting me know that they are listening and you know liking my responses and you know gave a th- gave a thumbs up to the show. So um, yeah, just um, pass the word along and let people know that we are back on air. We haven't been on air for about a year, but we are back. So just pass along the word that we're we're back and uh, we're going to be talking about some good topics this year. So. Um, just keep it locked. Once again, join our Facebook group page. Um, we're on YouTube at youtube.com slash UCOFW. 
and we're also on Twitter, which we're gonna start be um, start using Twitter again. Um, this is Seneca Harris, and this is my co-host Michael Snyder, um, the the young lady that just got off the phone. Um, she I think she got disconnected. That was C Johnson, and um, Brittany Ivy. She was also online too with us tonight. Um, I guess that's about it. Um, I, I wanted to apologize again for the technical difficulties. We're going to get some things straightened out, but um, I'm glad we got up and going tonight. And um, that's about it. Until next time, uh, you know, just uh, take care of yourself out here. Look out for yourself and look out for others around you. And um, this is Seneca Harris signing out. Once again, this is um, the Urban Wire brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community.